I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello and welcome to Off The Beat and Track Podcast. I'm your host from Stu Whiffin. It's another week, therefore it's another episode. Today's episode, oh, mate, honestly, yous are in for an absolute treat uh i sit down with miles kane and know them podcasts where if you're listening to it and you just think the host and the guest must know each other because the the the, it's just a joy and it's so easy uh and yeah miles and i had never met and we had an absolute blast on this episode he's such a top lad and uh yeah yeah you're in for a treat Anyway, before the, 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 the conversation starts, just a few thank yous. Thanks to 76 for producing the podcast. Um, big thanks to Scroobius Pip, uh, everybody at the Distraction Pieces Network. Uh, thanks to you lot, um, obviously, for continuing to support Off The Beaten Track into 2022. Um, few years we've been rolling there, and, uh, and I couldn't do it without you lot listening and supporting. And if you'd like to support... Um, there's many ways you can do that. Just by doing what you're doing now, listening is lovely. Uh, if you see us on the socials, give us a follow, give us a little like or a share, drop us a message. Um, and if you want to support even more and get more content, then you can do that by heading over to my Patreon uh, and signing up for that. I think it's P-A-T-R-E-O-N, patreon.com forward slash off the beat and track. And uh, go over there, and then there's another few hundred episodes over there. You can watch all the episodes over there, uh, and I think it'll cost you the price of a pint for uh, uh, each month. And, and obviously, the, the fundamental side of it is you're supporting the podcast. Um, so, yeah, and if this is your first time listening to Off the Beaten Track, then when you get to the end of today's episode with Miles, go and have a, a rummage in the archives because you can hear me chatting to. Foo Fighters, to Motley Crue, to Suede, Idols, uh, God, uh, so many bands. So Madness, uh, gosh, the, the list is endless. Um, not just bands, you can hear me talking to producers like Butch Vig, you can hear me talking to comedians, Ed Gamble, James Acaster, um, actors such as Thomas Turgoose, uh, gosh, Maxine Peake, Amanda Abington, Joe Hartley. Yeah, there's loads. Go and have a little look. But before you do any of that, enjoy today's episode of Off the Beaten Track with the wonderful Miles Kane. Right, I've got to take a quick break in this podcast because I've got some super exciting news. 
Off the Beaten Track podcast is proud to go into partnership with the Cacao Bar from Hotel Chocolat. That's right. The Cacao Bar is not a chocolate bar. It's all the best bits of a chocolate bar put into a really exciting new alcoholic range. That's right. Gin, vodka, and a beautiful range of cream liqueurs. So one of the big bonuses of this partnership is obviously I'm super thrilled to have Hotel Chocolat working with us, but they sent me a great big box of this stuff. And I'm telling you, it's amazing. Go and check it out, www.hotelchocolat.com or over on the socials at Hotel Chocolat. But yeah, in the coming months, there's going to be opportunities for you to get involved with competitions with us, to win bottles of stuff. There's loads of exciting things coming soon, and I can't be more happy to say that this podcast is in partnership with the Cacao Bar from Hotel Chocolat. All right, let's get back to the podcast. It's Off The Beat and Track Podcast on the Distraction Pieces Network. With me, Stu Whipping. Right, we are recording. Miles, how are you doing today? Hey, I'm very well, mate. Yeah, thanks for having me, man. Absolute pleasure, mate. Where are you today? I'm just in my house in uh, East London. Nice, nice. So I'm yeah. not too far from you. Sun's shining today, mate. Yeah, mate, it's a nice one, isn't it? Definitely a stroll around Vicky Park in a bit, I reckon. Lovely stuff, lovely stuff. Well, look, Miles, before we get on to your playlist, I just want to kind of go back over the last sort of couple of years of just, I don't know, madness, I guess, and just ask how, I don't want to linger on, on the whole lockdown thing, but I just, I'm always interested with artists, how, how you found it both personally, the lockdown, and creatively. Um, it, uh, you know, but I guess without sounding like the classic question, I waves of both of those things, you know what yeah. I mean? Like definitely found it, some stages I was being creative and then some stages just completely not and just playing a load of Mario and FIFA and eating Haribo and doing absolutely <laughs> fuck all, you know what That's I mean? all the good stuff, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, people expect you'd be there pining for 10 hours a day writing these songs, but I definitely had moments where that was fucking way out the window, mate. And, um, yeah, and personally, too, it, it affected a relationship and stuff like that. You know, it was... Lot, a lot really, and, and I think um, you always have these. You know, when you tour and you're in a cycle of a of an album, it's kind of like touch wood. It's like you know, if it's busy and stuff, well, you know, which is a great thing. But you know, once it sort of ends, you always have these lulls anyway. You know, like it's like kind of once you, you're done with that record, you go back to sort of write another one or start a new one. It's it's. Um, don't get me wrong, it's better than stacking shelves at Tesco and I'm sure. very lucky and I, I'm totally, to take, don't take it for granted at all these days or anything like that, do you know what I mean? But it's like, it's um, mentally though, it can it can sort of fuck with you a bit because it's kind of like, it goes, it's so extreme is what I think I'm trying to say at times, do you know what I mean? And it's like, it's kind of, no one's knocking on the door, no one's calling and it's up to you. To, to, to sort of get that ball going again. It feels like each record, it almost feels like your first one each time in, in a way, you know what I mean? It doesn't ever like, uh, it, it it can be sort of really tough at times. Do you know what I mean? And, but I'm, I'm so, I'm, and the pandemic for me was a bit, it's, it's, it's a bit 
so weirdly I'd had a sort of taste of it, if that makes sense. Do yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. From sort of if that may, if without sounding if if that does make sense. But hard mate at times. And I think especially yeah, you know, it's like when you we started to sort of do work again or mine sort of it seems quite long winded and it's been in sort of dribs and drabs and it's kind of like I can overthink things anyway sometimes. Yeah. And and it's kind of like uh, <laughs> I feel I've been like I feel overwhelmed a lot more. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, totally. Like um, even, you know, the idea of even doing gigs a bit or even doing interviews or stuff like that, I feel like it's like everything seems a bit more of a big deal. So I'm just trying to get my head to not sort of be in this sort of panic mode sometimes, yeah. you know what I mean? Or, 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 or worried or something, do you know what I'm saying? It's... Uh, it's funny. In regards to sort of writing, and, and obviously the, the you know that there's new music now. Um, like I've spoke to sort of so many people throughout lockdown, like musicians and, and not just me, like actors and things like that. Anybody within the sort of creative field, really. Um, but I always felt like sort of speaking to musicians that for bands that are constantly sort of touring and things like that, and, and constantly on the go, to almost have that right. Well, look, all of that stopped that doesn't exist anymore. We're now, mm. you're stuck indoors. And, and it was so reassuring what you said, because so many other people have sort of agreed with that. It's like, well, look, it should have been like, fuck, right. I can write five albums now. Cause I'm going nowhere for the next, however long, but it was like, you can't force that. And it's like, no, you know what? I just want to play Xbox. And like, mate, and- that's exactly what, yeah. And I was like, and, and actually, I fucking loved it. You know what I mean? I, was, I completed every Mario game on the Switch. I fucking got the FIFA. I'm fucking smashing. Do you know what I mean? I'm like, I'm on like Ghost of Tsushima on the PS5. I'm like, I'm just fucking going in. I'm like Games Master. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, you've got to have dreams, Miles. You've what, got to dream big, brother. You know what I mean? I was like, what's happened to these rock and roll days that we had? We used to fucking have it. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Well, let's talk rock and roll. Um, and so let's get the playlist starting. And I always ask guests uh, for track one, the song that they regard as having the greatest ever intro, please. Yeah. Well, it's... Um... It's it's a new tune, and I mean, I was thinking it can go. I love an intro of a tune. Like I love, I'm kind, I'm into. I love a boxer's entrance. I love wrestling in, in entrances. I'm quite like that. The dramatic of an entrance. I let's think let's talk really, about that. Let's talk about that because uh, I looked at your Spotify playlist, and there's. Do you box? Yeah. I well, box, I and, and I yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, I had a little go this morning. Actually, I can, do you know what's quite bad? I can still smell my wraps on my hands, and it's a oh, fucking nice. horrible Trusting. smell, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I noticed that you put a, a Spotify playlist up, and there was lots of kind of songs. That I just think he must box because I was looking at the songs there. Like, As his little boxing playlist, there, I'm sure of it. <laughs> yeah, I, boxing's my favourite sport. Absolutely love it, mate. I'm, I'm mad about it. So, um, yeah, like, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, I'll walk the gym listening to Rocky. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm, I'm like that dramatic about it. Um, so, anyway, I chose Little, Little Sims just because when I heard this, this intro, um, it reminded me of, like, a, a Rocky intro. Or I could just imagine at a gig, the lights are out and it's all dramatic. It's got that David Axel rather. It's got James Bond sort of vibe to it. And... Um, 
it just um it's it's just so fucking cool and it's kind of yeah it's like I, it, I haven't seen her live but I imagine that would be her intro to a gig and I think it just makes you it's really dramatic and it makes you sort of you know you're like right I'm fucking ready it's for cool it. of arms so, isn't it it's like yeah yeah I just think it's really really badass and I love all that sort of orchestral stuff and it's got big timpanies and it's quite it's quite old school in a way but it's uh, yeah to defo like I've arrived yeah. intro, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. It's, it's so grand, isn't it? And it's like, yeah. and yeah, as it does start to, because it takes about a minute before she, she comes in. And I think then when the kind of orchestration drops down and then the beat starts to kind of be more prominent, that's, I, I hadn't even realised, but it's so Axelrod. I hadn't really sort of picked up on that. Do, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, it's got that sort of thing about it, yeah. In regards to intros, Miles, um, I mean, that's instant. You know, the minute you hear that, like, your ears are going to prick up and it's like, right, okay, something's happening here. And and I always ask songwriters this, that I, I watch my kids, how they listen to their music now, and it's just on their phone, it's just bang, 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 bang. Like, the attention span's so, so small now. Um, and I just wonder, when you're writing, how much consideration do you put in to how a lot of people listen to their music now and how quickly you need to pull them in now? Or is it like, well, no, fuck that. I'm all about the art. And it's like, I'm um, <laughs> like, do you I'm know what I mean about... with a question? No. Yeah. Yeah. It's so weird. You just fucking say that though. Cause obviously on the album I've just made and always what I do, it, it, I, I'm, um, I'm just about writing amazing songs you know what I mean? And and I want great lyrics and great melody, pretty old school. And then, but then like, uh, weirdly last night, I was at me mate some, um, there's this new band called Wet Leg. Yeah, great. These two girls that I'm, I'm, I'm into actually, like Weller told me about them, we said get on this new band. And they were watching them on MTV. And it was like, there's that thing of like, the sparseness or the repetition of like, it's kind of like, um, it's old. It's like almost like the fall or gang of four, but done in like a pop way. It yeah. reminds me of, and it's really simple. And it's kind of, I, it songs aren't about like the big chorus. I think yeah. at the minute. And then today, I was just on the acoustic, and then I was sort of thinking of. So, uh, I was just doing this before you. I was like, if you had like a like a, a hypnotic thing, and it went. Uh, and then if the chorus just went like, uh, I wanna tell you, come on. You know, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like, just where there's no lyric, it's just like mad hooks. Yeah. I feel it's like, it's like a real sort of thing. And, and I think that made, after watching that wet leg thing, the way it's just like the choruses are really, they drop down. It's yeah. just like a rhythm thing. Or like that chaise long, you're on the chaise long. It, yeah. It, 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 yeah, that, I've never had, but it did today. So it's really weird that you ask that. I think that like the, the groove to a lot of that, like chaise Lounge as a prime example, I can hear like first album strokes as well. Yeah, like, yeah, like, when that kicks in yeah. and stuff, definitely. 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Yeah. Okay, right, track two. I want to ask you to tell me the first song you remember hearing that had an emotional impact on you, please, Miles. I mean, there's so many, mate. You know, it's it's kind of, it's hard to to sort of pick that because there's, there's definitely different moments in your life when you're young and you're older that songs hit you, don't they, differently and stuff or whatever mood you're in. But I went for them, Echo and the Bunnymen, Nothing Last Forever. Obviously, I'm from the Wirral, which is by Liverpool, and, like, the Bunnymen have inspired me loads, especially early days when I was sort of in bands and stuff and even before I was singing, you know, the guitarist. I love that sort of... I love that reverby surf yeah. guitar that's like Link Ray vibe. That's yeah. that's what uh, is. That's how I learn how to play guitar. That's like my sort of go-to sort of sound, and that's become my sound now. Um, and the lyrics uh, and melody of McCulloch, those two things, is, it was a inspiration. It's like you know, yeah, like Scott Walker songs, yeah. but with surf guitar. Do you know what I mean? So that really inspired us and we'd learn all them riffs and learn those chords and stuff. So, and when I had nothing last forever, it's kind of, I mean, it's just, I, I love songs that have um, like a saying as the chorus, you know what I mean? And, and it's so true though, the lyrics in that tune and it's kind of got a bit of an oasis vibe, which I really loved as well when I was younger. Liam and harmonies on that. He, he, he just does the yeah, 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 yeah in there. I think they were just in the studio. It was in Par Street in Liverpool. I think they were Oasis were next door. And I think he just went in and they were chatting and he just did it the yeah, yeah, yeah in the background, which is kind of like its own little hook in, yeah. in the song. Um, and yeah, it's just, I don't know, I get like... Um, I just get a real emotion from it. And I think it's, I don't know, you know, song, I just really relate to it, really. I really relate to the lyrics. What's the emotion, if you had to pinpoint it? 
Mm, a bit of a sadness, really. Um, yeah, like um, a slight worry. I get. Yeah, that makes sense. I uh, Ian McCulloch. Uh, I must have. He must have said it probably around the time that this track come out, and and because they've been pretty quiet. I think Ian had been doing that Electrofiction band for a while, mm. and I think then he, the, I think you know around that sort of mid nineties, Bunny Men come back with that album, and I'd missed. I'm forty eight, so I just kind of missed the first kind of boom of the Bunny Men in the sort of eighties. But obviously, I was aware of the songs, and but I wasn't aware of just how much of a legend Ian McCulloch was. Mm. And the first interview I'd ever, like, what he was on MTV or something, and they were talking about rock stars. And he went, yeah, yeah, I remember the first time Bono met me. And I just thought that was so fucking cool. It wasn't like when I met Bono, it was when Bono no, no. met me. And I just thought, <laughs> yeah, I fucking love that. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's amazing, man. It's like... Uh... Those first three albums, Crocodiles, Heaven Up Here, mm. and Ocean Rain, are just absolutely incredible, mate. You know what I mean? If you go back and get them on now, it's um, it's been a minute since I put them on, but they're they're absolutely perfect. Like, yeah. so, so going back then, like growing up, was was there always music on at home? And where was home? Yeah, home is the Wirral for me. So my mum and dad from Liverpool. Then when I was born, they moved over. And then um, I just grew up with my mum in the house, it was just me and her. And in my mum's or my nan's or my aunties, Motown is such a big thing. You know what I mean? Four Tops, Temptations, Diana Ross, obviously, with the, and the Beatles as well. So this is like, and in the house and that, there's never like, there's always the music just on. Do you know what I mean? And especially yeah. if you're having a family thing or whatever at Christmas or birthdays and stuff. So, yeah, the Motown thing, and and even like me and the Northern Soul, just that that whole thing was always what would be on, and there'd be a bit of dancing going on. So, definitely, I grew up with all that really, and it's kind of like the four tops has been me go to for a long time. If anyone comes over, I just whack it up, leave it on. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And it's something that I've never, I, I, I've never. Um, I never grew out of really, you know what I mean? It's kind of like just becoming me or, you know, like when you're younger, you can sort of resist your parents' yeah. tastes, can't you? But in on the music side, I, I didn't really. I did, you know, I, there was phases where when you're younger, you maybe go a bit more heavier metal, bit of this, bit of this, trying to figure out who you are and stuff. Yeah. But I always came back to it, you know, and um you know, with the and the T Rex and the Bowie and all that stuff mixed in as well. So it's kind of it's always been there, and that's always has been the soundtrack of, of our lives, of my, my life. You know what I mean? Um, had a bit of Barry Manilow in there and Matt Monroe. You know what I mean? And, yeah, yeah, and yeah. Um, yeah, it's kind of all it's all in there, really. But I think with Motown, like of all of all my folks, they had some they had some fucking shocking records, but. Uh, but they always had the Motown Chartbusters compilation. Yeah, like, like that. And that was like the one that, that I would go to. And I think, <laughs> I, I don't know, like, do you think that, I mean, I spoke at the beginning about like how attention spans and songs are so short and there's, you know, like, I'm imagining more, more so pop artists, like labels are probably like, right, you've got to 
trim some more fat off of that, trim some more fat off of that. Motan was that really, wasn't it? Like, there was no fat on them records, was there? All them tunes are only, like, two minutes, two and a half minutes, you know what I mean? And same, a lot of Beatles songs are like that. Some of them are under two minutes, you know, but you you don't think of it like that. Um, Just great, yeah, you just know the best of Motown. If anyone's coming over, it's kind of like, it's a no-brainer, really, isn't it? Yeah, just perfect pop songs, perfect pop songs. Yeah, I know. Right. Let's take you back to school. For track three, Miles, the song that reminds you of your time at school, please. Um, I mean, in school, I was like a real daydreamer and, and quite shy at times as well. I was, speak, I was up visiting my mum last week um, and my family. And, uh, yeah, we were talking about that. Like, I was, def- I was painfully shy at times in school. And... Um, you know, I had my mates and I was in this, you know, we had our little cliques and all that, but I, I used to get really, I'd get him, you know, like if the teacher asked something, I'd go red, you know what I mean? I was yeah. kind of like one of them kids. But I'd always, I'd, I'd have, um, well, at that time it was mini disc. was <laughs> our thing. And I'd make these comps from my CDs and, you know, you'd have Oasis, The Bev, all that stuff. And then when I had the, that first Badly Drawn Boy record, yeah. Um, it just reminds me of being in school. Yeah. That song, the won't um, and I think his voice, and I never really heard anything like that. And I think at the time as well, I was I was playing a bit of saxophone in school and I was trying to learn um take five. And there's a I could see a sort of correlation between them two tunes in a weird way. I think it's just more of a rhythm thing, but I just get the badly drawn boy. Um, just it, it reminds me of being in school, looking out a window, and or just having my headphones in, walking around the playground. Yeah. Um, it, it it gives me that emotion. Yeah. Did you know what you wanted to be when you was at school? Yeah, like during that time, I was like, I I just started playing guitar around 13, 13, 14. And I mean, I, and uh, yeah, I just wanted to be in a band just as a guitarist. And we were in bands in school. Uh, and then we had like a little rehearsal room in, in, in over in Liverpool, but no one wanted to like rehearse or play really. There was like five of us in the band and I used to go and get, my mum would drive, like, for the rent each week, can't remember what it was, I don't know, five or ten or each, whatever. My mum used to drive me to each of the lads' houses, like five lads, to go and get the rent that I'd pay for the guy because I was that determined that I didn't probably get in trouble or I wanted to keep that rehearsal space, you know? Um, but it was, like, it felt really, really frustrating because no-one was kind of as up for it as I was. And... Um, so in a band thing, playing guitar, I felt confident, but in school or sort of everyday life, I would sort of shell up a bit. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, and, and also at that time, my, um, my cousins, my cousins are singing the choral and the drummer in the choral, um, and they just started to do well. And I think I was about 15 and I went to see a gig <clears throat> And I'd never seen them before. 
in this tiny place in Liverpool called the Picket, and my cousin was singing James, and I just know him as James, and he was he was like uh, he was spitting, and they were really they were aggressive, and he was he was being a rock star on stage, and I'd never seen it, and I thought, Jesus, I was like, this is kind of this is blowing my mind. Um, Did it also make you think was, this is a bit of me? Yeah, and this was like, wow, if he's James doing good, I was like, I can, I should believe in myself, and I want to, I can do this, you know. Anyway, so that's how it all sort of started, and I did always have that dream, and you know, obviously, my mum <clears throat> had the butchers in Liverpool with her sisters. I do, you know, I'd, I'd work in there in the summer. My dad had a cafe. I'd, I'd go there after school to get a bit of money or whatever, but. You know, you do your GCSEs. I did terrible in them. And, like, cause I was like, I don't... Yeah. Maybe smoking weed as well at this time had come into play. <laughs> yeah. And then we did the first year of me AS level, you know, your A-levels, yeah. and I was just doing art and music, something kind of blag to stay in there. Didn't really know what to do. Was probably going to go to art college or something. Do you know what I mean? I did, I did like to draw a bit as well, to be fair. Um, but that's all I wanted to do, was just play guitar. And then that's when I joined uh, this band called The Little Flames mm. that were on <clears throat> the same label, <clears throat> excuse me, as the Coral Delta Sonic, which yeah. was this had a real sort of vibe at the time. Um, so that was my. I remember they said, oh, "Do you want to join the band?" And we signed a deal to get like I don't know fifty pound a week. But to me, that was like yeah. everything. And we had a practice room, and we could go there as much as we want but you know obviously for me mum and that she was like well it's such an alien world to her you know what I mean and stuff so there was definitely a bit of apprehension like but she always does say though considering you know I've never you know working class with mums in the butchers my dad's in the cafe anything outside of that world you know what I mean is sort of well one alien and almost seen as like a risk or like a bit like what the fuck are you doing kind of thing you know what I mean but she said I was oh I was so determined that I kind of um I kind of ignored them do you know what I mean and I cracked on and that was probably the first time I did that in my life if that makes sense where you went you know you sort of did your own thing I think that was that was the start of me becoming a man I guess and and you know you, you you've carved out an incredible career that that's still as strong as ever in one of the most difficult industries you know to to maintain you know a, a livelihood let alone success um do you think that 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 drive that you had when you was the one out of the five that was like fucking hell come on we need to rehearse do you think mm. does that drive still propel you now yeah i think so mate you know um I mean, it's got to, I, I still have to, I do, even though sometimes it, I get frustrated and don't get me wrong, it's tough at times and it's, you know, you question yourself and all that stuff. But I think I, I do have that fire and that drive and it's like, it's a bit, <laughs> without sounding dramatic, it's a bit like the Rocky mentality. I don't yeah. know, there's some, you know, I, I, that's me going a bit Liza Minnelli on it, like, but it's... Um, <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean that sort of underdog mentality yeah you know I feel like and I feel like we, yeah like you know even with success and then I've had big eyes big lows it's kind of like 
it's been rocky, you know, it's been a roller coaster at times, but I think it's, yeah, I do think that thing of, like you said, from from being younger, that that fire in your belly, it's still there, thank God, you know, and and, um, it it stems from all that shit, you know. And in regards to the the, the kid that would go red when the teacher would ask him a question. Yeah. That kind of shyness. Mm. You've walked out on stage in front of fucking hundreds of thousands of people. At what point did you always feel confident doing music and and doing what you was passionate about? It's funny, isn't it? I I know. I remember doing the first gig that I'd ever done was in that band, The Little Flames. And it was in this pub in Liverpool called Hannah's Bar. And it was, you got your bar downstairs upstairs, they'd have like live bands, tiny, do you know what I mean? And in, I remember I, we'd walk up the stairs, no dressing room or that, and you know, there's a few people upstairs. But in my mind, I, I'll never forget that feeling of walking up the pub into the room where the people are. And we were walking through them all. I mean, no one knew the fuck we were. Like, yeah. And I, in my head, it was like, I am walking onto Wembley. You know what I mean? Like, and, and, <laughs> and it took, I suddenly got like a bit peacocky and I was like, <laughs> swanning through. Like, you know what I mean? And, and <laughs> from that moment on, it's kind of like, and gigs, I mean, if you don't do it for a bit, yeah, you do feel a bit rusty and you, it's getting like match fit again, isn't yeah. it? You know what I mean? It's like anything. But yeah, my confidence for gigs and my love for gigs, you know, you looking at that kid that went red, the teacher, you would not think, yeah, oh, he's going to go and be like, think he's Freddie Mercury on stage. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> he's not going to be Judy Garland with the guitar. Do you know what I'm saying? It's kind of like, um, yeah, it, 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 it's, it, there's no way you'd think that back then. Yeah. Okay. I probably couldn't imagine it myself. Yeah. Sorry, mate. Anyway, go. Well, let's stay in, uh, uh, in, in the formative years because I want to ask you um, for track four, Miles, the first song <laughs> you remember buying from a record shop. It, it was a single, Two Unlimited, No Limits. And I think I must have been a, so young, I can't remember. I think it was like this or like E17. All right, all right. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I think um, I think it was that this was my pre-Oasis, mm. I think. And I don't know. I think I just – and then they'd be on top of the pops. I, I can't remember the year this came out. We'll have to find out. Oh, I reckon that would have been – I'm going to say maybe 93 – so I'm 86, so I was young. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So um, it's like that, six. <laughs> <laughs> I started off confident as a kid, then I went shy, then I got confident. <laughs> bopping away to Two Unlimited. Uh, I don't know, it just reminds me of being a child. It just reminds me, I had the CD single, probably got it from R Price or yeah. Woolworths, something like that. Um and it, that's, it's just, you know, when he, that was the first song, weirdly, that co- come to my mind. You know, obviously, you could have gone, Oasis, What's the Story, Morning Glory. That was when I was about 10 or something, yeah. and my mum got me the, the main roads there and then video for Christmas. That obviously nice. changed things again. That was like the, that was when I was figuring out, wow, this is, this is some, this is what I really love. Well, just touching on that, like, to you know, to have that kind of moment where 
all of a sudden, and, and taking nothing away from the genius that he's too unlimited, but uh, <laughs> yeah, come but, on, yeah. But to have that moment where, from, from I'm just presuming here from what you've said that when you see Oasis and you hear Oasis, it's a light bulb moment of like, fuck, this is this is different. Yeah, this is- and that was how I was about ten, I think, around that time, ten, eleven, um, and it was it was just obviously, and with growing up with like me mum playing the Beatles and the Motown, it's kind of like. It was like a fucking monstrous version, yeah. you know what I mean? It's yeah. like, it was like a loud version of that, something. And you know, it was seeing the the dress in them and their attitude and stuff. That was uh, it. Was like, whoa, what the hell is this kind of thing? And like, this is like blowing my mind. You know what I mean? And so, and like, yeah, definitely, like that would sort of in moment gives you confidence as well, or something. Yeah. And then you probably shy back in. You know what I mean? Oh, definitely. I think like you know those those first definitely the first couple of Oasis records. When you hear you got your headphones on, you're walking down the street. You're Richard Ashcroft. Your chest goes oh, out, and like yeah, it is, yeah. it, it pumps you up, doesn't it? It's. Uh, I think if I get looks sometimes. I'm walking down the street. I'm like, why are I looking? And I think I'm walking like <laughs> you know you've got it flared. You don't realise I'm like I'm walking down the street. Yeah. I have to have them kind of a few moments where I have to stop myself and go, mate. You're literally just walking to the tube station. Why am yeah. I fucking walking in a music Isn't video it? in my head? Like, and you've got a fucking macchiato <laughs> with your hands. You know what I mean? Like, I'm aware, do you? <laughs> well, I want to ask you. <laughs> well, in regards to, like, um, Oasis and Liam, to then find yourself, am I right in saying you, you supported Liam? Yes, yeah, right. we su- I supported Liam, yeah, and, and on my first record, Noel did some singing on a song called My Fantasy as well. How How is that? I mean, did you ever get like, and I mean this with the greatest respect, do you ever get like imposter syndrome? Do you ever like think, fuck, man, like, I'm next for oh. blah, 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 and I'm not saying you haven't earned your place yeah. where, you know, it's all very yeah, different no, what you've no, done, but do you know what I'm saying? No. Like, Mate, those first times, and I've definitely met both of them, and then like, I remember when I first moved to London, early 20s, I was living in North London and stuff, and going out for Bev's with Liam and stuff, you know what I mean? And then he'd be back in my little flat and stuff, and you'd just be like, what is going on yeah. here? Do you know what I mean? There's um, <laughs> there's some incredible moments that you just go, wow, this is... And then you're like, okay, I've had enough, get out. And then you're like, wow, I'm booting you out. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, it's, you know, it's funny out 7am now, you know what I mean? <laughs> and when you actually so, look at the, the whole story of that, of how that was your light bulb moment, that's what, you know, really changed your life in music. And then fast forward 10 years and you're booting him out your gaff because you want to go out of bed. That's pretty surreal, isn't it? You know what I mean? It's, it's mental, like, in it? Fucking hell, mate. So, um... And he booted me out of his house plenty of time as well, don't you worry. <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, there's, it, it, it is surreal when you think about it and you talk like this and stuff, and um, it, it's, um, it's crazy. It's mad. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. 
Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. All right, track five. So uh, we've left school and uh, I want to know the song that soundtrack your years clubbing. You know what? <laughs> there's, there's so many here because like we used to go we go to this place called Lobato which was like this indie club um, and you know we did Strokes and the Libertines and stuff stuff like that there was a there was a in, there was um downstairs was indie upstairs was sort of northern soul stuff so we'd you'd sort of go to an amazing place that that Going that club, I should say, like I probably was about 15. That was where I did start to get confident, I think, yeah. because I, you were out of school, so no one knew you there in the club. First time you heard the music, and it was the first time, you know, you could, yeah, that was it. You know, you could chat to girls without getting embarrassed because you're in school, you know, yeah. whatever it may be. I, I, it was like you, you were dancing, you were sweating. Obviously, you're getting off your rocket as well. But you so, find your tribe, don't you, at that but, age? But you find, I found me lads yeah. and I found, wow, we're going every Saturday and we're yeah, just going to yeah. dance and we're going to sweat and we come out bedraggled and it was kind of like that, we found out a lot about ourselves doing that. I did, you know what I mean? And also we'd go to gay bars and we would go, there's one called G-Bar and one called Garland's in Liverpool and we used to, you know, me and my cousin used to go, we were young, but we used to love it. Yeah. And we'd be drinking vodka and Lucasade and just be... <laughs> vodka and Lucasade? <laughs> Fucking up, that's proper Del Boy. <laughs> Mate, vodka and Lucasade original is what they had in the G-Bar and everyone was on it. And then, and then like, you know, like YMCA would just, you'd be coming up or something and it would just that intro. Talk Mate, that intro. what an intro. Why I it's I love that song, you know. Fucking that's an intro. And we'd just be coming up on vodka and Lucasade and we'd just be loving it with everyone. And we'd just be in the middle all huddled with like the gays and we'd just be like having the best time ever. And we were about sixteen and just absolutely loving it. Yeah. So that's what that's an image of me first clubbing experience. Oh, yeah. mate, I think that's possibly the best answer I've had on 350 episodes. <laughs> Coming up on fucking vodka and Lucasite to the YMCA. <laughs> yeah. Probably dressed a bit modish as well. You know what I mean? Everyone in there was like, who the fuck? <laughs> oh, fucking hell, I love that. So, do you like, are you, are you a dancer? You like to dance? Oh, I do, mate. You know, I, I love them. And even down here, like, they do, I, I some, you know, there's, like, they do, like, Northern Song, like, in the Moth Club now and again. Or I mean, I don't really, there's a couple of nights on in there, like, once a month. And yeah. I still love to go and just, I love hearing the loud music. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Uh, and I don't do it enough, really. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But um, I do it. I love it. Well, I'm going to take you home for track six. Uh, and a favourite song from an artist from your home county, please. Uh, I can't remember what I said for this one. What did I, I think you went Chrissy Ironed and Pretenders. Oh, home, but should I do something from Liverpool? You can do. Yeah. Um, 
When you say home county, you mean like England? Well, I said county, but you're of of the 350 episodes, you'll be the 340th that thought it was country. So don't worry, mate. You're in good company. <laughs> <laughs> I need That'll to put county in big fuck off letters. I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll do because um, Elvis Costello is from mm-hmm. where I'm from. And is, is this sort of like what me growing up as well and stuff? What was this? No, just What's a favourite song you know? from an artist oh, from your home county. Okay. Favourite song from like where I'm from mm. um, is probably I look, Elvis Costello, Pump It Up. Oh, is, mate. Um, it, it is, um, well, one, I love Costello and two, I've got a soft spot because we're from the same place. But yeah. that song, Pump It Up, for me is, is the most perfect uh, rock and roll-y, cool, upbeat, Motown <laughs> pop song. And it's got the attitude, and it's a bit gnarly. Yeah. You know what I mean? What an uh, intro! Boom, boom, yeah, brilliant. Tell you, we've got some. We should just do an intro podcast. <laughs> we could do intros all day. You? Um, the intro boys. The um, yeah, honestly, mate, that that that's stuck with me. I can't remember when I first heard it. I'll probably say. Uh, I don't think my mum got me Costello CD when I was a kid, probably in my teens or whatever. But then it probably came back round, probably late, uh, early 20s when I heard it again. I just, I absolutely love that, man. I should do a cover of that, really. Uh, it's a, it's an absolute stonker. Oh, do you know what? Like, I'd heard all of, like, my uncle always used to have, like, the early attraction stuff and, like, and it was always being played, like, when I'd go around there. And he was, like, the kind of cool uncle. And uh, and I'd always hear that, and I can't stand up for falling down and stuff like that. And I was like, God, these are tunes. And then years later, I was watching this film called I Want You, and in it is, do you know the track I Want You by Costello? And yet, what's that film? Is it's, it good? It's Rachel White's and is it Fassbender? It's bleak. It's a bleak British film. Is like, it? It's pretty fucking dark, but it's great. Uh, and that there's like a kind of sort of like sort of love scene, I guess. And that song come on, and I'd never heard that track, and I was like, "Fucking hell!" Is it Al Shaka? Oh, mate, it's on the album Blood and Chocolate, and it's about ten minutes long, and it's like probably the closest Costello gets to Nick Cave. It's like it's creepy oh, wow. and dark, and yeah, it's really, really fucking good, man. Like amazing. Um, um, but let's just talk a little bit about um, the Pretenders as well, because yeah. are you a big fan? Yeah, like actually not a massive fan, but like I, I just know the sort of hits. But I yeah. love that that song. Don't get me wrong. Again, lyrics, the guitar. Um, it's yeah. It always reminds me of like a Springsteen tune or something. Yeah. I get like. Um, Again, it, it, it's one of them I listen to a lot when I've got the macchiato, thinking I'm yeah. solid walking down the street. <laughs> <laughs> you know that everyone that's walking past your headphones is doing the same, mate. You know yeah, that. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like an umbrella in the um, Yeah, it's just a, an absolute great. I love their voice on it and. Um, Yes, it's some. It's a band I need. To, I want to delve more into, really. Uh, and I think she's just cool as fuck. She's pretty badass, oh, man. man. Yeah. yeah, super cool. Yeah. Right, last track, Miles. I'm going to ask you to tell me a song that many may not know that you want them to hear. 
<laughs> and I'm fucking no idea where we're going with this. Like you because- mean. <laughs> they people you wouldn't expect that I would listen to. I, I guess so, yeah. Because <laughs> when you sent this out, I was like, "He's having a fucking laugh. What's going on here?" <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just like, as when I was younger, when Limp Biscuit rolling, rolling, rolling came out. I got to admit it, I, me and we fucking had it. <laughs> Well, it was, was huge, a, wasn't it? Yeah, there was a moment in my life when I was like, this song is genius. Yeah. Red baseball cap? Yeah. I think, oh, I, yeah. There was a phase where I thought I'm going to try being a skater when I was like 14. <laughs> it lasted probably like a week. Um, and then it was like, we were big, big fans of wrestling. The Undertaker, that was his, in, that was his music. But yeah. There was a phase for definitely, I don't know, a few months when we were kids smoking weed and we were just blasting, rolling by Lip Biscuit, smoking weed out of fucking can pipes, thinking, <laughs> <laughs> thinking this is it, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Oh, wonderful, so, wonderful. Are we going to get like a Miles Kane kind of new metal concept album in a few years? <laughs> oh, mate. I'm up for it, yeah. I'm up for it. all right well look miles as we kind of uh are are out of lockdown at the moment and it's you know fingers crossed everything's going to stay positive and and more connected than it has been in in the last sort of few years um we just i mean recording this is the first one i've recorded in in 2022 um looking ahead into this year what are you looking forward to both person what are you looking forward to personally and what's going to be happening professionally Oh, personally, um, I to just to keep on this sort of path that I'm on, really mentally and stuff. I probably feel pretty. I, I have me moments and stuff, but I feel I feel like um, confident in myself. You know what I mean, or content. And I do have my sort of doubts daily and stuff, but I feel I can navigate and. Maybe with the work that I do and stuff that I can I can control it a bit more, uh, or know how to deal with it, or yeah. to sort of ease the ease the ease those thoughts um, better these days. And I think that's just a bit. You're 35, and yeah. from 30, I sort of realise my sort of problems, and you can you sort of work on it. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, totally. Your 20s, I'm like, I don't give a fuck about anything. You know. Like, you know, you're just whatever, aren't you? Yeah. Burning the candle and doing everything. So, um, I, I, yeah, again, I, I'm enjoying my, the, the, I'm enjoying life and I just want to continue to do that really. And keep making tunes and keep, I'm reminding myself that like when I get on a bit of a downer and stuff, it's because I haven't played guitar or I haven't gone and had a jam with the lads and, and I forget this sometimes, you know, when you go into one and you go down a bit, you're going in the well or something, it's like, if I go to the studio and I do a new demo or whatever it may be, or even if I just sat on the Akui for 20 minutes on the sofa, it brings me back round and I get that, <laughs> the peacock comes back yeah. out, you know what I mean? Um, and, and I just have to remind, like that's when I'm at my most happiest, I think, when it's just, a, it's like that thing, in it? It's like, a little bit often, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like continual sort of um, 
thing is when I'm and I do and I like to work I do like working you know what I mean I enjoy it so just to keep pushing myself really and and hopefully make another I record a couple of new songs that aren't on this record or that a couple of weeks ago in Liverpool my cousin uh and then just gonna yeah keep working man uh, and enjoy enjoy this album as well because I've sort of sat on this a little bit, this album, do you know what I mean? Because I wanted it to be the right time and stuff. And uh, I feel, I think lyrically and stuff on this album, I'm, it's it touches a lot of places and it's it's it means so much to me. Um, so as a, as a body of work, as, as an album and a cohesive piece, it's like, it's the most that I've ever done. So uh, I'm just excited for it to be put out there now. Uh, and to sort of see if hopefully it'll, it'll connect with people in the same way it does with me yeah. creating it and, you know, listening to it now, whatever. Wonderful. And live dates? And then we're going back out. We had, it, we've moved it to May. So we've got Europe in April and we've got UK in beginning of May, I think it is. Wonderful. And if people want to find out all about releases, gigs, etc., where's the best place to keep up to speed with you, mate? Um, yeah, the website. Yeah, I think I think it's milescane.com or something. <laughs> Just have a Google or I think I think it's milescane.com. Yeah, yeah I don't find it. <laughs> yeah, you'll find. Yeah. I should have just said that. Little <laughs> it's out there. Miles, I've had an absolute fucking blast, mate. It's uh, been really too, lovely. Mate, you know. like, thanks so much for coming on, mate. Nah, thank you, mate. I really, really enjoyed that, man. It's uh, it was it was refreshing. Excellent. Best of luck with the album, brother, and and, oh. and enjoy the gigs. All right, kid. I'll see you down the line. There you go, Miles Kane. What an absolute gent. That was such a blast. Like I'm literally buzzing. I'm I'm recording this intro and outro literally the minute after pressing stop. Um, what an absolute top lad. Had such a crack there. Great taste in music. Completely upfront. Who goes out on a night out and experiences <laughs> coming up on vodka and Lucas Aid to the YMCA? That's a fucking night out right there. Um, Brilliant. Absolutely love that episode. I hope you've had um, a great time listening. Uh, go check out the back catalogue now because there's 350 episodes that you can listen to for free. Um, anything else you need to know, Patreon, merch, anything, um, off the beat and track podcast.com. I'm back next time. Thanks ever so much for listening. Thanks again to Miles. Thanks to Ashley for facilitating that chat. And uh, yeah, I'll see you next time. Stay gold. Bye bye. It's off the beat and track podcast on the Distraction Pieces Network. With me, Stu Whipping. Eat it, boy.